0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Pedal to the Metal podcast. I'm your host UV. My guest today is a very special one, an incredibly well-known person in the Formula 1 fan world with over 120,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. His videos have a satirical take on the world of motorsport. His unique documentary style videos make even the dullest stories become extremely entertaining. If you haven't watched his videos, I would strongly urge you to watch them. All the way from Auckland, New Zealand, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Josh Rebel. Hey man, thank you very much for inviting me on the show. <laughs> thank you for coming. I'm so excited to have you. And uh, Josh, <laughs> welcome to the land of Mahavir.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh dear, good, good old Mahavir. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening with him. I'm hearing some rumblings that he may be returning, but... Uh, uh,
0: I w- uh, if dream. we want that... <laughs> <laughs> So, before we get into the uh, nitty-gritty of Formula 1, I wanted to ask you a few questions about yourself. So, yeah, sure. first off, what got you interested in Formula 1? And did you ever want to be a Formula 1 driver yourself? <laughs> yeah, so
1: the uh, on the first one, um, basically, uh, I think it came about because I was introduced to the sport at like five years old and, uh, uh, you know, just became completely invested in it, you know, through playing games yeah. and so forth and just accumulated all this knowledge over the years. Um, and I like the idea that it's, uh, you know, the best drivers in the world competing with each other, even though it's not totally true in some regards Yeah. Um, with some of those drivers. But, yeah, it's just obviously the passion just became that much more as the years went on and uh, here we are today. That second one that I want to be a Formula One driver, I think when the reality set in like with from the monetary standpoint, you know when I could barely afford to do any go karting mm-hmm. and you know you have people like Nicholas Latifi paying somewhere in the region of forty million euros a year to race, and it's just yeah, that's the reality of it all at the end of the day, but you know uh, yeah you know, that's that's just all for you. It's all just about. You know, the money that you bring in. So I figured it's just, I find it better personally to tell stories about motorsport and get paid for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I know that you used to um, be really interested in writing, but at one Mm -hmm. point you actually gave up journalism for YouTube. Is that right? That's right. So basically, and it's it's funny because
1: YouTube got me that journalism job. So the story is um, before... Before YouTube was a thing for me, you know, I made that Andrea Moda video in 2018, and it was garbage beyond garbage, because um, I didn't really know too much about what I was doing. I was trying to make it serious, but you could see as the video goes on, it just gets more and more satirical. Like, I just couldn't help myself. (laughs) And it was recorded on a $5 headset, which was broken in half at the top, and the microphone piece was down da- the microphone doggle was dangling as well so you can just imagine yeah. that scene of how crappy the audio was and then i tried bass boosting it and post and it was just it was just a mess mm. and um you know that that's why it ended up getting remade it was just like, i can't have this thing you know out there constantly as i just you know <clears throat> but it's a warning from history i suppose but yeah um then that went viral and i figured okay i'll just ride the gravy train a little bit here and made a few more videos uh and finally the dan Ticton one took off and you know by the toyota racing series uh um championship in 2020 at the start of the year i made a preview video on that and the series organizers said oh you want you want to Come down, uh, we'll give you meter passes and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, sure, sweet, okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Now, uh, you know, at, at this time and pretty much for the two years preceding this, I was working as a laptop repairman for HP here in New Zealand. Yeah. Which is not the hardest thing in the world, although it's a bit sort of stressful having troglodytes, you know, try and say, well, laptop's broken, what's wrong with it? And you're, gonna ha- you're just trying to have to explain to people. You spilled water on it. Water plus laptop means dead. <laughs> and so, you know, um, I wasn't enjoying that. And But the YouTube channel was starting to pick up. I would think it was about 10,000, 10, 15,000 subs by then. Yeah. So it was pretty decent. Um, and then I met uh, Mark Pitch, who's a pretty prominent um, entity here in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, motorsport, mm-hmm. and he also owned New Zealand Auto Car and Velocity News. So that's the biggest car magazine here, and Velocity News is one of the more prominent. I think it is the biggest motorsport news site here in New Zealand. Wow. And he had a look at my stuff, and he said, "Well, we got a job going. You want it?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and, and so i had that job for a while which was a bit interesting for sure you know um but the channel was starting to suffer and this was about the time where i was releasing like I think it was ricardo rossett yeah. was the one i was working on and the the channel was just struggling like i was i was barely able to get a video out a month and i and i just thought well look I've got to make a decision here. What do I want most? Do I want to, you know, work on the YouTube channel and potentially reach into the stratosphere and get worldwide gigs and stuff like that? Or do I just settle for a journalism job here in New Zealand, uh, which is guaranteed income um, Um, in the middle of this pandemic? And, of course, I decided, well, look, you never know what can happen. So I just I, I handed my notice to autocar yeah. and left and the first paycheck I got from Google for the ad revenue was around about seven hundred dollars for the month. I'm just like seven hundred dollars for a month to live in Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah, nah, That's kinda not good. But, you know, just apply myself and, you know, we got the weekly releases going on, or in this case, as we're recording, there's three in a week, which is just yeah, nuts.
0: Crazy.
1: Um, and, you know, the income is sustainable, I guess we could put it that way. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's just amazing that we've got ourselves to this uh, situation, really. Uh, you know, I mean, myself, people like Cranky Yankees, Simdane, Tomo, yeah. you know, it's, the community's exploded lately. Uh but I mean, yeah, it just it just took off uh really from there and it's just been an amazing journey so far.
0: Yeah, so to- talking about how you said Sim Dane and Cranky Yankee and Tomo F one, I mean honestly I feel like it's expanding at such a rapid rate right now, the F one community, that um, I think in time it's gonna get just bigger and bigger. But something else I wanted to also ask you was, do you still write or have you now given that up completely?
1: I mean, I obviously always write, you know, those scripts and such, and you know, I always try and improve and make it mold as much as I can, although it's difficult to try and script something in one or two days, you know, research and scripts and so forth so i guess it's forcing me to you know develop those writing skills on a constant basis the reality is i've never really given up writing mm. it's just taken on Another. um a different a different medium you know just applying it in a different uh, in a different way uh but yeah no there's definitely not going to be the last um <clears throat> the only piece of uh, writing i'll be doing lately or scripting or whatever you know there's a lot, of st- a lot of stuff in the works that'll keep me uh, that'll keep me busy on that front
0: yeah so another thing was um, so I know that uh, making YouTube videos it was a big uh, decision to give up journalism for the YouTube videos but initially how did you come about uh, even deciding on YouTube so did you have any in- inspiration
1: I guess i looked look toward you know, entities such as WTF one, you know, yeah. Matt and Tom mm. and I just thought, you know, there's a good chance that if I if I made my channel into something sort of beyond what it was at that time, that there's a chance I could be on the road with people like that, you know, attending yeah. all those Grand Prix mm-hmm. uh moving to a different country because living in Auckland is too expensive mm-hmm. even for rich people, um, you know, and um, I just thought, you know, it's not something I'm going to necessarily get with this journalism gig. It also just wasn't something that I was really into because a lot of journalism nowadays,
0: yeah.
1: it, it preys on, you know, the clicks because that's how mm-hmm. really a lot of, those entities survive it's relying on drawing people in and then that's when you got to start you know getting it a little bit you know clickbaity a little bit you know yeah. generous with the title that you use and so forth and it just it just wasn't really i wasn't sure that was the avenue i wanted to do uh yeah but you know like it is really it was a case really of you know, I thought that um, there's mm-hmm. endless possibilities with the channel and that, that it was my, most likely the right decision to uh, to continue doing it. And, you know, here we are. So, yeah. yeah, most definitely think it was the right movie, even though I did it in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> which is a little ballsy.
0: Yeah. So, um, your videos are obviously uh, quite different to other YouTubers, but I wanted to really really know this um how did the bitmoji animation come about (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh god (laughs) i want to be rid of that bitmoji thing yeah so basically you know you got to understand i've been talking about the expense of living in auckland it it is it is ridiculous ridiculous living in this city Mm -hmm. and especially when you're when you're in a job which i was at you know you're barely able to afford to live so i obviously knew what format i wanted to do i just didn't have the materials to make it happen a la the um graphics tablet so you know for drawing animation and stuff like that i've got it now but back then i didn't have it and I was like, well, what can I do? And, you know, I knew the Bitmoji thing was there and I just thought, it's a cheap way, but it's, it's a way. <laughs> and sure enough, I, I used that stuff and people were commenting on it and, you know, all that stuff. People who knew it was Bitmoji were just like, "Oh my god, he's serious." (laughs) (laughs) Then eventually, I got the, um, I got the, I was able to afford the graphics tablet and sketched out the design and so forth, and it uh, sort of evolved over time and incorporated that merch, incorporated the merchandise into there, which is soon going to be changed up. But yeah, maintaining that animation is just like, I mean, creating one frame of animation can take a couple of hours. Wow. And, you know, to think to like, I would really want to rehaul the animation, but you're talking like week of work, you know, and it's like, you know, when I'm trying to do videos weekly and I barely do those, that's why the animation hasn't really evolved as much as I'd like it to. Uh, but yeah, yeah It's it, it was a bit it was a bit rough having that bitmoji stuff up there. I'm I'm glad that I'm rid of it at the moment I for mean,
0: now. Anyway, <laughs> to be honest, my opinion. I love the bitmoji animation. I find it so funny, and yeah. um, <laughs> I'm glad that you still do it because honestly, that uh, bitmoji Josh Revel is like someone who I really look up to <laughs> on YouTube. Um, now another thing was, uh, we spoke about what got you into YouTube and what made you give up journalism for YouTube, but Mm -hmm. what's the whole creative process behind making a video and how do you decide that, yeah, I'm going to make a topic on, you know, Sean Goliath for my video.
1: Mm. So I think, you know, you do have to plan a little bit ahead. So let's take, for example, the next two weeks coming up is I mean I think I could say this, and I don't think it's going to be that much of a spoiler alert, but you know um what's that my 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 calendar is not very good, <laughs> so on the third of December, the next sort of weekly release is going to be on Nikita Mazepin. now, the reason I'm releasing it on that date is because. I'm forecasting that is an almost certainty that he'll be announced by Haas at yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. So it's all about lining it up with the correct moment because once he gets announced, everyone is going to be latching on yeah. to you know those videos. Yeah. And that's why I released the Mick Schumacher one as well because it's like, well, I know he's going to be announced. Let's let's get this out there. Yep. And it does sound like I'm fishing for for views and stuff. I mean, it it is and it isn't. I mean, I I always want to do those videos. It's about releasing them at the correct time. Yep. And of course, you know, when you're on the Grand Prix weekend, you obviously want to surround yourself with topics that are going to be relevant. So every Grand Prix weekend or preceding it, rather, it's always about something that's in topics. So, you know, what's going on with Alexander Albon? Um, yeah, uh, the the Mazepin or the Schumacher video, or the one after that, which is going to be about what's the deal with Bolta's? You know, mm-hmm. he's a he's a vast qualifier, but you know, coming coming into the race, he yeah. folds faster than Superman's laundry. So I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like what uh, what is the deal with uh, with that? You know, it, it's you know it's pertinent uh, questions on relevant topics. Mm-hmm. In the time off, like. Uh, in the off-season or in between weekends, that's when I can fill it in with uh, videos that either I want to do, which they're they're all stuff I want to do. But obviously you want to have topics which are sort of relevant. And something that I found out sort of the hard way is that people don't care about anything that's before the 21st century. So Mm -hmm. even though I have that hilarious story of Dick Seaman Mm -hmm. from the 1930s, yeah. No one cared. Even with a ridiculous name like that, no one cared. <laughs> because because it's it's from it's from a time where men moved in black and white and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean p- I mean picking the topics is obviously a crucial thing. It's gotta be relevant, you know, to people, I suppose. They gotta have some reason to watch it. Uh and, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do videos which are just, you know, what I'll call overnighters. So, for example, with Luca Corberi or Sebastian Vettel when he was announced at Aston Martin yeah. or the one I'm working on as we speak about Alessio Deleida. Mm-hmm. It's stuff which, you know, it's in the now and you've got to make it. Yeah. Because in about two or three days, no one's gonna, no one's going to care. So... Picking a topic definitely is one of the more crucial aspects It's just about knowing what to release, when to release it And really just having the want and urge to, and drive to to create it
0: Right, so just another quick follow-up How do you find out about these topics that are before the 21st century? Like the crazy Lamar story of 1953 or even Dick Seaman <laughs> Because... Uh, in those times you probably don't have great resources or even great uh, video quality so how do you make videos on these topics
1: a lot of it's just residual and um, sort of residual information that i sort of pick up over time you know just scroll you know scrolling through articles or you know web surfing or whatever and that's where you sort of pick stuff up uh, along the way and I, I remember a while ago, I think it was two, three years ago, I found that Le Mans story yeah. and I knew that it was something I'd love to do and I was really disappointed when it kind of flopped comparative to the other videos but I guess that sort of proves what I say, that people just don't mm-hmm. really care about uh, stuff from that time because they don't know anyone from that time. Yeah. It's like oh, Duncan Hamilton and Tony Raw. I know who they are. You don't have to know who they are. I'm teaching you who they are. Come on, give it a watch. Um, but yeah, and when it comes to footage as well, especially that, that is difficult. You know, especially the 1930s. It just doesn't. Um, it just doesn't really come up too often. And it was it was also difficult for that uh, for that semen one as well because half the footage that i um that i found ended up having bloody nazis in it yeah. it's like well this isn't going to get monetized <laughs> i can't i can't i mean the, the size of the size of a formula one or a grand prix car rather and, and bloody goose stepping in the background how does irony find me in this but yeah it's um Sorry if it's a long-winded sort of answer to this. No,
0: no, not at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it, it, is, it is really just disappointing how people just don't seem to feign that much interest in those topics because there are just some incredible stories from back in those times.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that really separates your channel from other YouTubers because... You know, even people who don't watch Formula 1 can go onto your channel and watch videos. Like, um, I remember you made a video on uh, Pablo Escobar when he raced cars. Oh, uh, yeah. So, that I find that really uh, cool and interesting. And, uh, yeah, another thing I did want to ask you. Uh, I don't think many people know how much effort you put into these videos and how long it actually takes you to complete them. So could you just explain for myself and the listeners how long your videos take to make?
1: Yeah, sure. So you pick a topic um, that you want to do. And, you know, as I said, you for, in some instances, you forecast it. Um, and then it's all about, okay, so what's the question that we're asking here? You know, so in, in the Mazepin case, There's a lot of speculation as to, you know, whether he's talented for Formula One or not or he's just a pay driver and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And the question at the start of it is, you know, is he worthy of a Formula One seat? And the objective of the video is not to come up with an affirmative answer from my standpoint but rather to lay out all the facts and present them in a way which is, you know, informative but entertaining and basically just end it by saying, you know, you make a decision for yourself. Um, So you script it around that narrative and then once you've got it done, the first draft, then you go over it two times, two, three times, finalise it, um, record the audio, which, you know, could take about 30, 40 minutes on average for a video because there's a lot of mistakes yeah. and so forth, and you try and go through it and make sure it's as good as possible. Mm-hmm. Then you cut it together. That could take a few hours. Um, cutting out the gaffes and condensing it all into a, you know, rapid-fire yeah. format so that there's no breaths or anything. It's totally 100% sort of this adrenaline rush, you know, you're constantly going through all these facts and so forth Mm -hmm. and that's one of the methods that helps retain interest throughout the entire video is that there's no real sort of time to take a breath because I'm not taking a breath (laughs) on the audio. Um, So then that's the audio process. So already you're looking at around about two, three days to do it and the WTF videos take longer. Like I wanted to do my... Latest WTF video. It was supposed to be out um, at the end of November, but it got pushed to December because it, it's, it, these ones just take time. You know, they're special episodes. Yeah. We're delving into the whole career here and about mm-hmm. everything surrounding the downfall. So it's a bit more than just you know doing a driver pro, driver profile video. Um, so then you you know then you start the video. And it's you, I, I've got to go through the thing chronologically in a structure standpoint because you, uh, sometimes things will just come up spontaneously. Like, oh, I could put this meme here or I can manipulate it like this and so forth. And, you know, that takes it's like 40 or 50 hours to complete about 10 minutes worth of work on a video in the, in the whole aspect. Wow. So, you know, my videos average around about 12, 14 minutes nowadays. Yeah. So you're talking around about 50, 55, 60 hours. That's a big margin of yeah. error, right, I know. And then you've got to add in, like, the one or two days that I also put into scripting. So the whole time I'm making my video, like on a Wednesday or Thursday when I'm finishing off, uh, a release for New Zealand Friday morning. Yeah. I'm already scripting out the next episode. And then it's just like, you know, as soon as that video's released, I'm immediately like, okay, let's make sure that the script is done for the next one. Okay, record the audio. Bang, let's get back into it. So it's just seven days nonstop. Um, And, of course, here I am, obviously, as I just pointed out earlier, you know, I've got three videos to do in this week, and I'm looking at it just blankly staring at the screen going, why do I do this to myself? (laughs) It's all in the name of the almighty dollar. But anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, just a completely unrelated question, but, yeah, you said (laughs) your WTF series. So does um, the tumultuous
1: tales of Mahavir also fall into that category or are they separate videos? I was contemplating attaching that. The thing with the WTF Happen to videos is that they they revolve around a situation where they got to evoke that sort of reaction from you. Yeah. Like you look at their career and you just go, what What happened? Mm. Like with Dan Tickton, Like what happened? How did he lose his Rebel uh, sponsorship? Yeah. Uh, Ricardo Rosset, how did he lose... You know his mojo after having a great junior career. Maldonado, he had a great 2012 Mm -hmm. career. He had all these junior career wins and then he went in there and he crashed into everything including stuff which wasn't in front of him. He still managed to crash into all that stuff. So it's got to evoke that sort of reaction. With Mahavir, it didn't quite fit that mould. It wasn't something where I thought, you know, I don't know what happened to him. It really was a case of what is this guy? I mean, <laughs> and I remember when he was announced for this for the season, and I the name was familiar. I was like, I've seen this guy before. and I, and I wasn't quite sure where. And I looked through his career and his results, I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and, sh- and sure enough, the season came, and it was horrible. and and I've got nothing against the guy. I've had yeah. interactions with him. Mm-hmm. I oh, definitely have. don't have. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think he's wise to the fact, and and I do feel kind of bad, and I I don't mean it's to try and get sympathy, it's a case of the Lord Mahavir thing is forever going to be with him, and it's never been an intention of bullying or anything like that, Mm -hmm. it really was just sort of just a random nickname, like I know Sir Lancelot for Lance Stroll, Uh but it is attached to them forever and it's just like ah yay 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 so that that i mean the shit will still be able to buy it on the on the merch store and stuff like that but mm-hmm. on the character the animation that's going to be retired at the end of the year because it's like you know gotta kill off the meme but yeah it just didn't quite fit the wtf criteria so i just thought uh yeah. just create just create this title titled the tumultuous tale of Mahavira gunathan mm-hmm. and sure enough you know it got enough recognition where it didn't need that wtf happen to um attached to it and obviously as we know it's just gone into the stratosphere really
0: Ugh. um yeah i don't think anyone thinks that it's bullying um i actually you oh know, some do yeah
1: no really? uh, some like to sort of Twist and bend the narrative, and I I recently tried to, well, recently I was about sort of June July. I did try. I did reach out to ask him. Uh, you keen for an interview? Basically, uh, it's not a joke thing. I do want to sort of go over your career properly because he's quite reclusive. Mm-hmm. No one. Yeah. There's only one time where I've heard his voice, and I that's know. in his own sort of promotional. Um, Material on Rajesh Kumar's YouTube channel, uh-huh. and that's the only time that you heard of uh, That you heard his voice. In fact, I've I've heard his mother's voice more than I've heard his voice, oh. which is which is odd. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, unfortunately, a lot of those teams are cash-strapped, so you know you, they're having to bring in these people who have got a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, and it sucks because I mean, it does give, it does give. Uh, from my perspective I've seen Does give Indian drivers A bad name Which sucks Because There are definitely Some good Indian drivers yeah. Out there you got you got Jehan Daruvala, yeah, Arjun yeah. Main, Arjun Maini mm-hmm. Karun Chandok Was a good driver He was just Really Hard done By the fact That he was in an HRT For his F1 career yeah. I mean Kati He was also Pretty Pretty decent Handy behind the wheel And he even won Last year in Super GT yeah. So it's you know, it's it's not good because you know people people look at that and they you know, have all these prejudices and stuff. It's just it's it's not good. It mm-hmm. definitely isn't good. But you know, um, <laughs> it's just yeah. Here, here we here you know. we are now, and we just got this uh, situation. This is like, oh my great grief.
0: But um, so you reached out to him to interview him, but what was <clears> the <throat> reaction again?
1: uh he wasn't against it it was just a case of he just never sort of was on social media accounts oh, and i i didn't yeah. i didn't try and press the issue it was yeah. it was it was a case of yes every couple of every couple of weeks i'd you know every once in a while at least mm-hmm. you know i just reached out and said hey are you keen for this or whatever mm-hmm. but again i didn't Press it because yeah. if he did watch the video, the last thing he'd want to do is be interviewed yeah, yes, by me.
0: Exactly.
1: But you know, recently I wished him a happy birthday, and he thanked uh, he thanked me for that. And I just thought, you know I, I I need to leave him alone. Yeah. You no, know, it, it, it's just like. The, the meme itself has run its course I think right now the last thing that needs to be done is for this to be continually dragged on every now and again yeah you know we we can comment on it but mm-hmm. do need to move on yeah. <laughs> and so I'll just take the piss out of Lance Stroll from now on <laughs> going, I've, made a, I've made a habit out of that
0: yeah uh, I'm sure he's a great guy um, not that I know much about him either but yeah I think he is uh a sweet fellow and um I hope nobody thinks it's bullying and hopefully now we can uh make sure that nobody you. now yes. thinks that but yeah. um when you said that the character animation will be retired what do you mean by that
1: uh so the shirts huh. on the character sports lord mahavir and that was yeah. that was all centered around sort of trying to push merchandise yeah. you know yeah. cuz if people see oh, the character's got that shirt, mm-hmm. so I want that shirt, you know, then that would be great. Yeah. But Lord Mahavir is used in instances of bad driving. You know, that's sort of when that hashtag often comes up, I yeah. guess. Or at least it means that. Mm-hmm. But the Sir Lancelot, I actually, um, I use just, just sparingly with uh, Lance Stroll, and it's It's literally just a nickname. It doesn't mean anything good or bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when he got that pole position, I sold six shirts and one. I was just like, okay, this could be more profitable because Lance is improving (laughs) tenfold. You know, he he spends the first three years, I'm just like, (laughs) two or three good results in a year, but the rest of it, you're getting, you know, beaten around the park. And I was was just like, this is not going well. And then he improves this year. And, uh, you know... uh, I think next year he may go even better, and if that's the case, and with how Aston Martin are doing, yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe selling more of them shirts, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I guess it's you're just moving out of a dead meme and into one that's sort of got a bit more longevity. Either yeah. that, or I'm just going to operate my shirts like the Chinese calendar. Like, this is the year of the Sir Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be... That would be actually... That's a great idea, thinking about it. <laughs> oh, i got
1: to find a new meme for 2022.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so with that, part one of our podcast comes to an end. Thank you so much, Josh, for answering all those questions. And uh, catch us on next week's episode where we talk about midfield teams, Lance Stroll and Haas' 2021 driver lineup. Oh, and it also features Josh's infamous Gunter Steiner accent. And it is hilarious. Uh, be sure to join us next week for some more laughs with Josh. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pedal to the Metal podcast. I'm your host, UV.